Hello, folks. This is your host, Tammy Tucky, and you are now listening to the Tierra Talk Show. We bring you rare interviews with the makers of Disney magic. Whether they be singers, actors, Imagineers, animators, they have all made their mark on the Disney name. Be sure to check out the show notes, other episodes, contests, our social media pages from Facebook to Twitter, and more on our official website at www.thetierratalkshow.com. All guest opinions are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the opinions of the Tierra Talk Show or the host. The Tierra Talk Show is not associated with the Disney Company. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And from all of us here at the Tierra Talk Show, have a hoop de doo day. I'm excited to welcome this week's Tierra Talk Show guest, director Brenda Chapman to the show. Welcome, Brenda. Thank you. Hello. It's great to have you on the show. I I know our listeners are going to probably say we got to hear from your husband, Kevin Lima, because we're all big, goofy movie fans. (laughs) (laughs) So it's great to finally be able to speak to you because I am such a big fan of Brave and another film, which we'll talk about in a bit, which is not Disney, but I I still have to talk about it. But I kind of thought it would be great to talk. (laughs) I kind of thought it would be great to talk about how you got into the entertainment industry, especially with your first film with Disney, which was Who Framed Roger Rabbit as an in-between artist? Well, actually, the first film I worked on was Little Mermaid. And uh, I I worked on that. I was a story trainee while I was working on Little Mermaid. And my drawing skills, I could emote and I could, um, you know, tell a story, but my drawing skills were a little iffy. So they sent me into cleanup um, to to you know, get a little better at it. And I worked, I got to work on Roger Rabbit. So that was such a wonderful experience to be able to work on a little piece of history. You knew, we all knew even then that this was, that was going to be special, you know, and that it was going to be remembered um, as something special. So, um, so I'm excited, but boy, I knew cleanup was not for me. So I worked really hard and kept calling the development executive to say, do you have anything in story? Can I get back in story? (laughs) I think, I think he um, just took pity on me and, um, and uh, he told me that I I was calling every day. Finally said, okay, I've got something for you (laughs) because he knew I wasn't going to give up. So what was that process like for you just to kind of originate something a little bit different with characters and with the theme? Well, that that's, my love that's my passion I mean I I went to Cal Arts and you know I started into the industry just like everybody else did back then we all wanted to be animators you know and and you know move the characters and and do that kind of thing but while I was at Cal Arts I discovered that my love was story and the puzzle of story and working with the characters and I found the actual animation process to be pretty tedious so, um, so I was very fortunate to be hired as a story trainee on Little Mermaid, and they saw my potential. And but even though my drawing skills weren't up to par, um, I, I will answer your question. I'm just getting there. <laughs> um, I so so that was my love, and that was my passion, and so to be able to re help retail retell Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid and, you know, give these characters a different life, another point of view. Um, it was just, 
um, magic for me. It was just, I loved it. And then when we were trying to create a story of the Lion King, um, that was much harder because uh, you don't have the same tent poles as you do, you know, Beauty and the Beast is already a story. Little Mermaid was already a story. And yes, we made changes, but yet we had the tent poles of the things that made it that story. Um, whereas Lion King, we were we would go off down tangents, you know, we'd go on wild goose chases and then hit a brick wall and realize, oops, we went the wrong way and we'd have to turn around. So it was, was much harder to, to find that story, but it was very rewarding in the end. But, um, but, but discovering the characters and figuring out what they needed, you know, the, 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 the main characters, what the, the main character's flaw is and, and, trying to figure out what it was they needed to learn so we could know the ending that we were heading towards and then figure out how they get there. I just, uh, I just eat that stuff up. I love it. Soon after Hunchback of Notre Dame, I adored this film. It is, it is part of uh, DreamWorks, but I, it's probably within my top three favorite animated films of all time, which is The Prince of Egypt. And this is, yeah, it's it's just fantastic. And, and, and you, it was a monster of a project. It must have been because there were three of you guys directing. <laughs> well, and it was also, we were creating the studio at the same time. So, you know, setting up the pipeline, setting up everything, you know, that we needed. Disney was, had been there for decades, you know, and here we were trying to create a good movie, you know, without, you know, I remember walking into the room and we're all looking at there like six or seven of us and, and, and our producers, okay, what do you need? I said, well, some pencils and paper would be good. <laughs> so we really started from scratch, but I learned so much on that film from my co-directors. Um, you know, I, I, now I, I, I kind of like doing the single directing, but at that time, I think we all learned from each other and we were starting the studio. I don't, I think it would have been so hard to be a single director on that project. Um, Simon Wells came in and he's such a talented animator and, and cinematographer in his thinking. And so he, you know, as far as the beauty and the look of that film, as far as how the camera works, you know, that's Simon, you know, is just incredible. And, you know, leading his team, you know, of layout artists and, and, and all of that. And, um, you know, and then, and then, folding them into, you know, story and really all being on the same page with that, uh, you know, is great. We stuck together in story and in animation because to me, those are the, the key elements, you know, you've got the story. We all have to be on the same page for that. And then with the animation, the acting has to support the story. But then when it came to say, you know, the cinematography and the, and the effects and, and the background painting and the cleanup and, and all of that, we sort of split up to do that and, and support the film. But we'd always come back and, and take a look at what we've all been doing and, and critique it. But we, we were just a good team. I, I, there's still very good friends of mine. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that process. 
it, it was hard, that's for sure, but it was a very rewarding experience. If you can, go pick up a copy of The Prince of Egypt and you'll hear this amazing commentary where they really delve into the story and, and the decisions that they made. And a really amazing decision they made was to let you be the singing voice for Miriam for the lullaby reprise. So I, can you please tell the story of how that came to be? <laughs> oh my. Um, well, Sandra Bullock did the voice and she did not want to sing. Um, and you know, I can understand that. And so we would do the, the, story artists, animators, directors, whoever, whoever was available would do the scratch dialogue for our story reels until we would get, get the, the final song. So we were going to have um, a singing voice uh, who did uh, Miracles, uh, When You Believe, <laughs> the, the name of the song, yeah. When You Believe, there's another singing voice for Miriam in that. And so we were going to have her do that. But um, in the meantime, uh, I, I just went in to scratch recording and did it. And Jeffrey Katzenberg, when he heard it, thought it was Sandra. And um, he wanted to keep it in. And I really didn't want to, but it was hard. So I had to leave the room when they were making the decision. And when I came back in the room, they said, we're keeping it. <laughs> so it was, um, I, I was, I was very embarrassed, but at the same time, um, I'm kind of proud of it now, but <laughs> it, it was, uh, it was hard. You you would have no no inkling that it wasn't Sandra Bullock at all. It just sounds so beautiful. And it's like that precious moment in the film where it doesn't need to be accompanied by any other music, by any other sound effects. It's just the animation and the voice acting. And it is, it, I, I just, that scene, because when I was talking to your husband, I was like, he said, do you know who my wife is? And I said, of course, she's the singing voice of Miriam. And I know that that's <laughs> the randomest thing to say. But honestly, <laughs> that film, like it scared me when I was a child. There were very loud noises. And the the, the, the whole premise is very, you know, upsetting at points. But yeah, it's gosh, it's, it, you know, the little three, four year old me was like, whoa. <laughs> well, thank you. thank you. Are you excited because they're they're hoping to bring it to Broadway at this point? Um, yeah, I've uh, uh, I've heard about that. Um, I'm not part of it at all because um, I haven't been with DreamWorks for a while. But I'm very excited about it. I think it would make a great stage show because the the music is beautiful. Um, Stephen Schwartz did an amazing job, and Hans Zimmer did an amazing job on the score. So I, I think. I think on stage it's going to be great. And Phil Lezebnik, um, I know, is writing the book. So it just, I'm, I'm excited. I, I can't wait to see it. But and, and, and then leading into another one of my favorite projects of yours, which is A Brave, of course, and you got to work as the director. And, and the reason we're basically talking today, it, it is the fifth anniversary of Brave, which I yeah. still can't believe. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, I can't. It was sort of shocking when I thought about it. Like, oh, wow, it's been that long already. The, the premise of the film is is a mother and daughter relationship, and, and you have a daughter, so this was a really special project to you from what I've read and heard yeah. from your other interviews. Um, so what did, what did your daughter think when you initially told her, I would love to tell a story about a mother and daughter in a film for Disney at some point? Um, well, it was... Uh... 
it, it, it sort of came out of my relationship with my daughter. So I didn't tell her I'm going to do this. It just sort of grew out of that. Um, and it wasn't until she was a little, cause she, she was four or five when I started thinking about it because she, she was such a handful and always, uh, pushing back and always questioning me and always, you know, just, it was never easy. I never get a complete yes out of her. <laughs> um, there was just always that, that feeling and it, it just permeated my life, you know, and I drive into work every day. I was working on cars at the time and I'd just be thinking about my daughter, you know, and, and so I started channeling that into, you know, story ideas, just thinking, well, there are no stories of mothers and daughters. And I, I would love to do a female story for Pixar because they haven't had one. And, you know, it just, so it just grew into that. And, um, and yeah, I told her, it's like, you know what, you know, you're inspiring me. You know what you said to me yesterday? I think I'm going to put that in the movie, you know? <laughs> and she, and she, she liked it. She, she, um, she, you know, she get that little smile on her face. And I think she's kind of proud of the fact that, that it's about, it's not about her. It was inspired by her. So I was watching the film yesterday and I remember that the only thing, like one of the main things I remember of that film is this one scene between the queen and Merida herself. And I was watching it again yesterday and it was, it was a very tough scene to get through because it is the scene where Merida um, ruins the tapestry and then the queen takes her bow and throws it in the fire. And how do you how do you work through the stages of that scene and how it's going to begin and how it's going to conclude? It it was the pivotal scene in the in the whole film because you know it was a, it was a fine ed you know it was a fine line we were walking, and I I really wanted it to be uh, about the two of them, but of course. You know, we were leaning towards it being Merida's story, but I didn't want mom to be just the bad guy. So I wanted Merida to do something that we that we empathized with, that we believed in Merida, but but we could also understand mother's anger at it. So that the whole contest before, but getting into that room and having it out and you know, there are a lot of mothers and daughters who butt heads and it's usually because they're not listening to each other. They don't really want to know who that other person is. They just want them to either do what they're told or, you know, listen to me, you know, <laughs> it's, it's that kind of thing. So starting with Merida, you know, making mother angry, then, then mother going on to her and making Merida angry and then Merida goes too far. You know, she destroys something. It's very childish and very wrong, and it 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 snaps mom. And so then mom takes what's precious. You know, that was precious to mom. So she takes that thing that's precious to Merida and destroys it. You know, and and it, it's like tit for tat. And my my desire was to make sure that the audience empathized with both of them. They could see both sides, both points of view. But I think if mom hadn't taken that bow out of the fire after Merida left, mom would have been the bad guy. So it was really important to me to, to show mom have that adult ability to regret immediately, you know, her overreaction and try to make it right. And then 
you know, have that sadness that she knew she'd messed up. Um, I think that was very important to show, you know, the, what mothers go through when, when they engage with their daughters in that Tina, cause teenagers can really push your buttons. Let me tell you. So, <laughs> so I just wanted it to feel real and I wanted mothers and daughters to be able to relate to them, you know, and, and be connected. And our listeners can go ahead to your website at www.brenda-chapman.com. I saw that you are currently writing a memoir, which I love reading books, so I'm very excited for that. (laughs) How is that coming along? It's on hold right now, and uh, my website's a little... a little old right now. I haven't been able to do much on it for the past year or so. So it's a little outdated, but yes, it's, it's on the back burner um, because I'm currently writing and directing an independent animated film, but this is an animated film um, that I'm doing. Um, it's a Chinese story, but it'll be worldwide release. You know, it's done. It's going to be made here in the West and it's a story about twin sisters. Thank you again for coming on the show. Um, you know, I before we end, I have three Disney-themed questions I ask all of my guests. I call them the Fab Three. So, <laughs> so we'll start with the Donald one, which is, as a child, what Disney film was one of your favorites to see in the movie theater? Cinderella. And our goofy question, what Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person? Wow. Um the queen from uh, the mother from <laughs> from brave <laughs> and our mickey question if i asked you to name any disney song at this very moment what immediately comes to mind uh, <laughs> my mind just went blank <laughs> um uh something there there's something there that wasn't there before from beauty and the beast well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Brenda. Uh, congratulations to the fifth anniversary of Brave. And here's to another 50 years of Brave and Merida and her mother. I love oh, that story. lives within us. You only have to be brave enough to see it.